Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your bill's big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. What is up, Delaware County, and welcome back to another episode of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brendan Ricciardi. It's been a little while since we've been able to get on the humid airwaves of southeastern Pennsylvania, so I'll give you a little bit of a refresher on what this is and what we are all about here. You know, I, I say we, but it's really only it's only me that is is doing this right now. But to, to put things in very simple terms, I really like baseball. Uh, I like baseball so much that I find myself keeping up with a lot of different guys in this area that I played with, played against, you know, watch play, whatever it may be. I graduated from Strathaven in 2017. Believe it or not, I am somehow still in college. Uh, I'm going to blame that on a pandemic. I'm also going to blame that on a broken ankle that I suffered the day before leaving for the Club Baseball World Series. Uh, I play for Penn State right before we left for our trip. I broke my ankle in practice. So this summer, I had a lot of free time because I was trying to do as little as possible uh, to stay off my foot because I was in so much pain. My only summer job was working for Wayne in the Delco League, just helping them with the Twitter website, you know, streaming games just because I couldn't play. So I, I kind of decided to channel my frustration and you know, anger from from missing out on playing the World Series to trying to do something productive. Like what what can I do, you know, to give myself a reason to get out of bed every day? So I decided to start this page where I could talk about, you know, Delco League, I could talk about college baseball, I could talk about high school baseball. Back in the spring I, I did a little bit of writing about guys that graduated from Delco high schools or are from Delco that were playing either college baseball or minor league or whatever and called that Delco to the show. But This summer, I had a little more time, and I realized that I like talking as much as I like baseball, so I figured I would kind of put those things together, started the podcast where I would do Delco League interviews. I interviewed a couple guys playing in different college summer baseball leagues, like Nate Furman in the Cape Cod and and Eric Genther up in the Hamptons, which was awesome, And, and I think people really, you know, appreciate being able to just keep in touch and and you know, learn about these guys and what they're doing, whether you knew them or not, just to be able to keep up because people in Delco have a lot of pride of being from Delco. And, you know, for such a small area in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of really good baseball talent that comes from here. And, and I wanted to highlight that because I felt like nobody's really doing this kind of thing with, you know, the podcast, the graphics, stuff like that. Uh, I also cover high school football for a company called Pennsylvania Football News. And going around the state and learning a lot about that, I see that a lot of areas have 
you know, news crews at games. They have, you know, talk shows, stuff like that. And I wanted to be the first to bring that to this area. So that's basically what this show is all about here. As I mentioned, I'm still at Penn State. So it's somewhat hard to kind of cover this stuff as much as I want to, not being in the area, but, you know, just doing the best I can. Like, this isn't my job yet. I mean, this isn't, you know, it it is my profession. I'm a broadcast journalism major with a minor in sports studies. So this is what I want to do. But until I graduate and either, you know, am able to build this up to the point where I can support myself, you know, it's, it's just a hobby. It's something that I enjoy doing. And, you know, I, I really hope to be able to bring the best content that I can bring in, in whatever way that may be. Well, with that being said, uh, that's the last, hopefully the last I'll, I'll be talking about myself, uh, cause I, I want to highlight, you know, all of the amazing talent we have around here. Uh, and another guy with, Amazing talent that came from around here will be joining us later on in the show. That is Mike Rooney, college baseball analyst for ESPN and D1 Baseball. He's a Malvern Prep alum as well as Notre Dame. So for all of our uh, Irish Catholic faithful out there, uh, this is going to be an interview that you want to listen to. So we'll have that in a little bit. Wanted to start off this episode just with a quick, you know, little breakdown of some things that we had happen in 2022 before we go all in on 2023. So I figured for this, we can start with high school because I feel like that's kind of what, at the end of the day, I'm going to be doing the most. Just, I mean, the abundance of talent, the abundance of teams, you know, how many guys are, are playing. And that's how you get it started. That's how you build up and, you know, try and follow these guys throughout their careers. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll try and do some Little League stuff this summer or, or you know, districts or, or Legion Regional, stuff like that. But for the most part, high school, you know, is the cream of the crop around here. Start off with the Haverford School. They won a state championship over Malvin Prep this year, a year where they went 3-7 and seven in the regular season. Really impressive to be able to come together in the playoffs, put that regular season behind them, and, you know, beat a very good Malvern Prep team. Jack Campbell threw a gem state championship game. Uh, I had Joe Martin on, uh, assistant coach of the Haverford School. He was my old Legion coach in our first episode. So really, really happy for them. And hopefully, you know, from a Delco standpoint, they're just getting started. Speaking of Delco private schools that brought home championships, we had Monsignor Bonner winning the PCL this year. First time in over a decade. They also made it to the state final four before they fell to Holy Ghost. Kevin McGonigal just continued his breakout. What an unbelievable year he had. We'll talk a little bit more about what he was able to accomplish. But as a team, the Friars went undefeated in the PCL. They just ran away with that and they beat Archbishop Wood in the championship game, the University of Penn, before they made their little state run. Uh, I know they had that tough loss to Holy Ghost, and they'll have that you know taste in their mouth going into this season. So uh, great season for the Friars. Uh, also, side note, huge fan of the Kelly Green uniforms. Man, did they look sharp. I know, at least when I played, they wore more of like the dark green and the white, but the Kelly Green was a great addition. So credit to D-Bar for, for bringing those out. I don't even know if this is his call or not, but they look incredible. Garden Valley took home the Central League Championship this season. I will say this real quick. I think the Central League should have playoffs. I, I think that I don't like when teams can end in a tie. My, my senior year, I think three teams in 2017 tied for the championship. I think it could even be as simple as just having semifinals in the championship. I know it's tough with districts starting you know, pretty soon after, but if the PCL can make it work, I think the Central League can make it work as well. They were not the furthest team to advance in the district or state playoffs. Strathaven and Marple Newtown both 
advanced to state. Strathaven lost in the district championship to Upper Dublin. Marple was the third place representative. Strathaven lost a tough game to that same Archbishop Wood team that Monsignor Bonner beat in the state championship. It's from Marple Newtown. This is one of the worst losses I've ever seen in high school baseball. Uh, I am now teammates with Owen Mathis, Marple Newtown guy. Um, great baseball family with, with him, Cam, and Alden, which we'll talk about Alden in a little bit. They lost a game because of a ground ball that I believe it hit a sprinkler or something that would have been a game-ending double play ball. Instead, it bounced over the shortstop's head into the outfield. Mannheim Central walked it off. Just a gut-wrenching loss and a tough way for the seniors to end their high school baseball career. You really you really feel for, for them right there. Just to have it end on a fluke play like that is absolutely brutal. Last but not least, Chichester won the DelVal Conference this year. They went undefeated. Uh, and, you know, people can say what they want about the DelVal and the competition, how a lot of the teams outside of Interborough aren't very competitive. But, hey, listen, you go undefeated in any level, in any conference, it's very impressive. So congrats to Chichester for that. We'll see if they can run it back next year as well. Moving on to college, we had uh, a Delco takeover at East Carolina. We had Josh Hankins and Darren Hagan of Coppin State, Chris Newell and Justin Rubin of Virginia, they both played in a regional at East Carolina. Really cool to be able to just watch these guys that you cover on ESPN. Uh, it's it's awesome. Josh Hankins went yard in that. Chris Newell was on the, the team for Virginia that went all the way to the College World Series 2021 as well, which was awesome representation for Delco. He, I know he robbed the homer. He hit a couple homers there. Um, so really great to see that. Hopefully that's just the beginning now that – People are, are kind of starting to get more into college baseball as a whole, I feel like, within the past couple of years. Really, really good stuff. Immaculata won their first conference championship this year. A lot of Delco guys on that team. Uh, my buddy Steve Tyson, fellow Delco League champ, 2021 Upper Darby Blue Sox. I'll, I could talk about that team for hours. Uh, I won't, I'll save you the trouble. Isaiah Payton, among others on that team. You know, that's that's a, a school that is about a – you know, two-minute drive from where I currently live in Malvern. Uh, don't hate me for this. I do not currently live in Delco. You can blame my parents for that if you would like. Hopefully, we'll make it back there someday. But awesome job for Immaculata. I know how much that first championship means to a program. And, you know, hopefully just the beginning for those guys. We also had Swarthmore College winning the Centennial Conference Championship this year as the president of the Luke Mutz Fan Club, the former Strathaven infielder uh, who was the – Centennial Conference Player of the Year. Unbelievable job. Third-team All-American. You'll probably hate me for saying that because uh, he's probably the most humble kid that you'll ever meet. Uh, you know, Unbelievable career at Swarthmore. He's headed to Villanova. Swarthmore, if you've never got to see a game there, I highly recommend it. They have built dorms into their left-field fence. My brother played soccer there. He lived in them for a little bit and it's really really awesome to be able to watch a game from your balcony just to to say the least very well done and a program that has definitely put themselves among the elites in division three we also had westchester make the division two world series a lot of delco on that team johnny demucci former teammate of mine andrew and luke cantwell uh the marple newtown brothers we had uh joe sparone uh he was a cardinal O'Hara guy and I'm probably missing somebody that I, I feel bad about. And Kyle Laser from Bonner. A lot of Delco representation on that Westchester team. Made it all the way to North Carolina. They made it all the way to the Final Four. So credit to them. The first year as the head coach of that team, uh, Mike LaRosa, former Widener coach as well, being able to bring the Rams to the Final Four. So really, really impressive job by them. 
you know, to be able to to make that happen. It's a, a perennial contender in Westchester. Last but not least, I have to slip this in just because I'm biased. As mentioned, the Penn State club baseball team, I'm doing this for solely for recruiting standpoint uh, for the coming years. Uh, the Penn State club baseball team didn't just send one team to the World Series. They sent two teams. That's right. We had Drew LaMonica from Conestoga leading our Division II team. They made it all the way to the national championship before they lost to Grand Canyon. We had Episcopal alum Will Park along with myself. We had uh, Lower Marion alum Merrick Delonzo as well for the Division I team, made it to the World Series. We lost in the Final Four to Florida State, but just an awesome experience to be able to play some big-time schools. We played LSU, uh, Michigan was down there, Nebraska, just a, a lot of big brands is why you play club baseball. It was awesome experience, and like I said, hopefully, hopefully we make it back next year. Uh, we'll see. All right, moving on to the professional level, we had three Delco baseball players drafted this year. I was following that pick tracker every second of the weekend so I could get a graphic out and give them their shout-outs as soon as I could. Nate Furman got the party started. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Cleveland Guardians. It's a second baseman from Monsignor Bonner. He went to UNC Charlotte for college. I think Cleveland's an awesome fit for him. I think he's exactly what they're looking for. Speed, contact, defense, doesn't strike out very often. You know, high-energy guy. He's exactly what they're looking for. And I can't wait to see him in his first pro ball season. We'll see where he ends up. We also had Chris Newell, Malvern Prep graduate, as we just talked about with Virginia. He was drafted in the 13th round by the Los Angeles Dodgers. He will begin his first professional season as well. Same with Nate. I'm not exactly sure where he'll start. I think a lot of that will come down to spring training, likely low A or high A, depending on how it goes. Last but not least, we had Alden Mathis. Drafted in the 19th round by the Baltimore Orioles. He did not sign. He decided to go back to Richmond for another year. He recently announced on Instagram that he will be headed to the University of Georgia for his fifth year, uh, depending on whether or not he gets drafted at a higher spot and signs. But his plan right now is to head to Georgia. So congrats to Alden and congrats to all three of those guys for being able to make a childhood dream for all of us happen. It's awesome stuff, and you know it really helps the brand. It really does. Delco Baseball continue to grow. Billy Corcoran was the last of the Delco alums to turn pro this year. Billy, a Ridley guy, but he went to Malvern Prep, played at the University of Pittsburgh. He went undrafted, keep in mind, and will be drafted. Still kind of recovering from COVID. There's only 20 rounds. Billy decided to sign with the Arizona Diamondbacks, so he will begin his professional career this spring. Hopefully we'll be able to get Billy and Chris and all and all these guys on the show. Nate Furman, of course, Delco Baseball Now alum uh, from back in when he was in the Cape Cod League this summer. We talked, great interview there. Hopefully get to talk to him again. But, you know, it, it's really cool. Like I grew up playing against Nate in Media Little League. I grew up playing with Billy, as as I mentioned, with, uh, with Nether Providence there. And, you know, I, I played against Chris before. Uh, Alden is one of my least favorite players to play against just a because of how good he is but man that kid can talk shit like no other I think honestly I, I have I really have nothing against Marple but man they knew they were good and they were not afraid to let you hear it the Cantwells Luke Zimmerman man those guys you know hey listen they were good enough that they could that they could get away with it uh, but they could really they could really uh, get on your nerves there we had a Major League Baseball debut this year from a Delco alum. Brendan Little, Conestoga graduate, uh, made his MLB debut for the Chicago Cubs, uh, appeared in one game this year. The, as far as I know, I've, I've tried to track this as much as I could. The only current Delco 
uh, native that is that is currently in the big leagues. I believe that will eventually change. We have guys like Kyle Verbitsky playing in the minors. We got Jim Haley just signed with the Phillies. Awesome stuff. Um, speaking of those Phillies, how about the Philadelphia Phillies making a National League championship run, making it all the way to the World Series as the six seed? You know what they say, last team in, almost the last team standing, but the Houston Astros just proved to be just a little bit better this year. Hopefully we'll be able to see him again, but just to be able to get postseason baseball back in Philadelphia means so much to so many people. I mean, I went from a seventh grader to being in you know my last semester of college before the Phillies made the playoffs again. So hopefully this is just the start of a window that is opening. You know, you got Trey Turner joining the party. Uh, very, very exciting times. Just to wrap up some things that we also had, we had Kevin McGonigal, as mentioned with Bonner. Well, he continued playing baseball long after his high school season ended. He got to play in the Under Armour All-American game at Dodger Stadium. He also got to play for the U.S. national team and won a World Series. I mean, just at, at his age, to be able to wear that Team USA jersey and to be able to win a championship for your country has to be an unbelievable feeling. Hopefully, we'll get to talk to him uh, before his senior season starts for Bonner. One of the most highly anticipated seasons. You could probably argue since Ben Davis for Malvern Prep. Uh, you know, Kevin currently projected to go in the first round, so he'll either be, you know, hopefully in the minor leagues or at Auburn next year. Whatever it is, that kid, you know, when you have a swing like that and a work ethic like that, man, it's it's really impressive to watch. So great summer for Kevin. We also had some youth baseball making some news. We had Aston Middletown winning the state championship for 11U. If they do that again next year, they will potentially be playing in the Little League World Series. It's been a long time since a team from Delco has made it there. We also had Springfield winning the Cal Ripken State Championship for 12U. They got to go to the World Series in Missouri. And just at that age, being able to go on a trip like that is something those kids will remember forever. Even if you don't come home with the trophy, being able to do that is so cool. And, you know, those those bonds will last a long time. So congrats to Springfield and Aston Middletown for that. We also had Broomall Newtown winning the Legion Area Championship. They made it to their regional. You know, once again, I'm a huge Legion fan. Uh, I was talking to my, my now teammate Owen Mathis about his decision to do Legion over Delco League. And at the end of the day, it's just about playing baseball with your friends and, you know, being able to represent your area. I loved playing for Nether Providence. Uh, still have the only state championship in Nether Providence program history. I think Legion, unfortunately, is starting to become a bit of a dying breed just because of all the showcase teams. And I understand that people need to get their exposure for you know, college baseball. I, I get it. But, you know, Legion, you know, back when I used to play, it was the best of the best, man. We had guys like Jared Sweeney playing in our area. We had Billy. Like, it was it was awesome baseball. So I hope, I hope we can make that somewhat of a return. Delco League Championship, we had Wayne winning their 18th championship. It's their second in three years. Uh, they won in 2020. Um, Upper Derby won in 2021. But Wayne was back on top. They will have a brand-new field. We're getting turf at Devon Prep. I'm hearing rumors there might be a scoreboard coming too, a little indoor facility. So we'll see what happens there. But just being a part of a team that that wins as often as as Wayne does uh, is 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 pretty cool. It's if, if you want to call them the Yankees of the league, I think that's the fair comparison. 18 championships in 36 years since the team got in the league is ridiculous. So looking forward to getting the chance to, to actually play a game in a Wayne uniform instead of limping around the dugout uh, all summer long. 
just you know being angry uh to put it to put it bluntly but you know holding the trophy at the end of the year even if all you did was run the twitter and the website uh is is a nice feeling uh regardless last but not least we had the narberth outsiders they took home the edco championship edco is a very fun league to play and i played for the broomall gators in that league for a couple years they are moving on to the Delco League now. The, the Narberth Outsiders will be moving on to the Delco League. The Delco League will now have eight teams. The Narberth Mudcats will be moving to Drexel Hill. They will be the, the Drexel Hill Ducks, I believe, bringing back that old... Uh, I mean, I played against them in fall ball. I think they were like a tournament team. But, yeah, that was... It was... You know, it's pretty cool to see how a team's going to make that jump from Edco to the Delco League. So, looking forward to that this summer. All right, well, the reason you all came here... We have a very, very special interview lined up with someone I, as, as I mentioned, I have a lot of respect for, and I know a lot of people in the college baseball industry have a lot of respect for for this guy. I mean, geez, talk about a college baseball encyclopedia. It's unbelievable to see how much this guy knows. Known as the pride of Newtown Edgemont Little League, here's Mike Rooney. We are now joined by Mike Rooney, known by some as the pride of Newtown Edgemont Little League. Mike is a graduate of Malvern Prep, where he played his high school baseball before going to Notre Dame. He also coached at Malvern, as well as Arizona State and Phoenix College. Mike now works as a college baseball analyst for ESPN and D1 Baseball. Mike, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. How are you doing? Uh, Brennan, it's good good to see you. And yeah, for you had me at Delco, right? Anything for Delco, I'm in. So yeah, great to talk to you. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And you know, the first time, so I, I decided like this most recent year to kind of get more into college baseball because I'd never really been, you know, anything outside of just regionals and, and Omaha and stuff like that. So I decided to start, you know, with the D1 Baseball Podcast. And the first thing I hear is the pride of Newtown Edgemont Little League. So I immediately I'm like, wait, is this like, like my new town Edgemont Little League, you know, from my area. Uh, so who was it that coined that nickname? Yeah, so, um, you know, with the D1 Baseball Podcast, um, we've all gotten to know John Shiambi from, you know, because obviously he's a longtime ESPN guy before he became the Cubs guy. And, you know, obviously Boog, as everyone calls him, has got an iconic voice. And so him and Kyle Peterson are very, very close. And so Kyle talked Boog into – doing the intro for um for our podcast and i i didn't so anyway aaron fit wrote who's great fitzy wrote the intro and the first time i heard it i was like oh my gosh that, that i you know i almost couldn't even do the podcast i was laughing so hard so but yes i i love it it's really cool that we have boog shiambi the famous the, the iconic boog shiambi saying newtown edgemont little league on our podcast is pretty awesome yeah, and, and as a media Little League alum myself, I, I can't get too excited for this one, uh, but, you know, uh, I'll get over it. But, you know, Delco really is everywhere, no matter where you look, and I love to see you putting Delco on the map. It's great for the brand. It really is. Oh, it's so, I mean, it's such a, it's a, uh, I mean, of course, we're the most biased people in the world, but it was uh, an incredible place to grow up. You know, I still have tons of friends and family there, um, even though I've been gone for, for quite a while now, so it's uh yeah any any chance I get to to hype up you know anything Philadelphia or Malvern Prep or Newtown Edgemont Little League and you know of course Chris Newell 
who played center field for Virginia the last couple of years, that that gave me the chance to, you know, really double down on it. Cause obviously Chris is a Newtown Edgemont little league kid and a Malvern prep guy. And, you know, I, I grew up with his dad and his uncle and, you know, so anyway, I, I'm all in, I love it. Any, any chance to reference uh Wawa or any of those things I'm in. Yeah. That was basically, you know, this summer, like, like I mentioned before we started recording, I had a broken ankle. So I was kind of immobile for a little while. So that's kind of how this whole Delco baseball thing started. And I always joke that while Malvern prep is obviously not officially in Delco, there's enough players and coaches there that come from Delco and including yourself. And, and I've always admired just how consistent that program is just year in and year out. So what can you say about your time at Malvern prep and just that baseball community there? Yeah. And I would say you're right though. Like, like Malvern, has Malvern is in Chester County clearly and so much of the population has moved out to Chester County as you know but Malvern has very Delco roots you know like you th- I think about when I think about Mount Malvern prep I think about Jim Stewart who was the headmaster there for many years was a St. Dots guy you know he grew up in Drexel Hill with my dad um, you know that what, what do they used to call it the ABCs in Drexel Hill you're either from St. Andrews or St. Bernie's or St. Charles uh, my dad was a St. Charles guy and so you know, and then of course, Malvern's athletic tradition has tons of Delaware County roots and baseball in particular. I mean, you think about, um, you know, kind of the, the foundational people in, in Malvern prep baseball, the program's been good for a long time, but I think about the Davises, you know, from Aston Middletown, Glenn Davis and Ben Davis, um, you know, obviously I got to coach those guys. And so, uh, Josh McKinley was a Chester County kid, but he doesn't come to Malvern if it's not for the Davises. And then, you know, Freddie Hilliard, who is going to go down as the all-time great coach at Malvern Prep, is a Delaware County guy through and through. I mean, the Hilliards are from Upper Darby. And, uh, you know, E.J. Moyer, who is another, you know, Mount Rushmore guy when it comes to to um, Malvern Prep baseball. E.J. is, you know, Newtown Square, Newtown Edgemont. So, you know, played at Haverford School. You know, so again, I, I think to your point, the the Malvern prep is is you know it's a program that I'm very proud of I love to see how well they're doing under Freddie but uh, there's a lot of Delco underpinnings there yeah and Freddie's someone I want I've never met personally Uh, I want to have him on a little bit closer to like the high school season Uh, I know that Ben Davis's son Tag is now I believe going to be a junior and he's committed to Louisville so hopefully you'll be seeing him on some D1 baseball in uh, a couple years yeah it's it was funny I I I haven't done a great job staying in touch with Ben, but Teg gave us a great opportunity to reconnect. And it was really fun to, you know, get Ben's take on Teg's, you know, recruiting process and those types of things. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, Hey, I owe a lot to Ben, you know, to the Davis family. I, I was the head coach at Malvern prep, totally ill-prepared and probably unqualified for the job at age 25. And Ben Davis is a senior and he's the number one high school player in the country. And so, you know, just the people I got to meet through Ben's career at Malvern still to this day have helped my baseball career. So, yeah, a great Ben is, you know, the Davises are great people and um, really cool to see his son doing so well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So after your time at Malvern Prep, you took your talents to South Bend and played for Notre Dame, a team that found themselves in Omaha this summer after that upset on Tennessee. Now, is it hard for you? Uh, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about your broadcasting career later to kind of stay unbiased when your alma mater is making a run like that. I mean, no, not really, because it's you, you can imagine like so I was in the studio that weekend when they were playing Tennessee and 
one of the mistakes I made was wearing a green tie one of those days. So people were killing me about that. I literally, you know, and if we're being technical, Notre Dame's colors are blue and gold. But hey, I, I, I get it that green's in there, right? You can't be the fighting Irish and 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 that, you know, not have green in there. But, you know, if you think about it, you know, when you play a sport, you know, Notre Dame's in my family. My dad went to Notre Dame. I was a walk on Notre Dame. I was, uh, you know, oldest son, Irish Catholic family. I was going to Notre Dame uh, if I got in. And then walking onto the baseball team was just the dumbest luck in the world and and certainly changed my life forever. But, you know, think about it, Brendan, like the, the you know, my teammates at Notre Dame, they're not there anymore. The, the coaches that coached us at Notre Dame aren't there anymore so even though I like okay if we're talking Notre Dame football I will go absolute fanboy on you right like all in on Notre Dame football but in baseball you know you, you do have to be impartial and I think my role in base in college baseball is I'm just a fan like I love college baseball and you know of course, I love to see Notre Dame do well, but like those coaches weren't the coaches that coached me. It, it doesn't really feel like your program anymore. It just feels like, hey, I was really proud of what Notre Dame accomplished. I think Link Jarrett and Chuck Rostano uh, and Rich Wallace and those guys are phenomenal coaches. But I have to say, like they beat Tennessee and I think Tennessee is one of the best stories in college baseball in the last 20 years. I think I could make an argument, Brendan, that Tennessee brought more fans to college baseball last year than any other team has done in two decades. So, you know, so your question was, yeah, like Gabby Sanchez, who's so great. He's texting me saying, Hey, you're dying to go nuts. And I'm like, Gabby, I really am not. And he's like, Oh, you're such a liar. And I'm like, I, okay, I guess I'm a liar, but it was, it was an incredible, you know, super regional. And, you know, we know Tennessee's not going anywhere, but what a cool, what a cool accomplishment for Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I guess a better question then would be, so, you know, you got your chance to play in your own regionals and super regionals back uh, back in the 90s. So what was that experience like being able to play in such an unbelievable atmosphere and, you know, with the stakes being that high? Yeah, I, I got to make sure I keep my, my answer concise here, Brennan, because I could go on and on about this. But, you know, my four years at Notre Dame, Pat Murphy, who's now the bench coach for the Milwaukee Brewers, he was a really young guy. He had taken over the program. He was 28 years old when he was our head coach. And, you know, Craig Council, the manager of the Brewers, he was my teammate for four years. And so my, our freshman year, we made a regional. Our next two years, we didn't make a regional. We had really good teams, but we just didn't get the at-large bid. Remember, back then, the tournament was 48 teams. It was not 64 teams. And so my senior year, we win our league. We get into the regional. We lose our first game. It's in Miami. Um, it's at in Coral Gables. And then we win. We we win three straight games and we're playing. There was no super regionals back then. It was win the regional and you go to Omaha. So we're playing Miami at Miami. It's Ron Frazier's last home game. He was retiring. Winner goes to Omaha. Charles Johnson was the catcher for Miami. You know, obviously council counts was our best player. Um, it was unbelievable because of an, I was a utility player, but because of an injury, I got to start a couple games in that regional and, you know, it's my senior year and I, you know, I'm, I'm playing right field, you know, like, and, and we, if we win, we go to Omaha and I'm looking there, we had five of us that were in our senior class and all five of us are on the field. And it was just surreal. My dad's in the stands and, you know, I remember we lost the game five, one, and I come off the field. My dad is just crying, you know, but not like sad crying, like just what an unbelievable journey and experience. So it was, it was um, something I'll never forget. It was, it was an incredible experience 
And, and, you know, I, I think it's probably one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about college baseball now is because my experience was so impactful and so awesome. Yeah. And, and like I was saying before we started recording, I really didn't get into college baseball too much as a whole uh, until recently. And, and I always joke that uh, your coworker, Stephen Schock, is, is a big part of that because when he did that, when he did that interview uh, after UVA, when, I don't even remember what round it was, and I think it was just a regional, maybe super, and, and the Dippin' Dots. I mean, that's what, you know, you could probably argue he might not even have a job with you guys if that Dippin' Dots interview never happened. And I think you can probably agree that more stuff like that where you're seeing guys' personalities start to show, I think it's really going to bring in at least the younger crowd, if not, you know, everybody. Yeah, I, I would say Stephen Shock is amazing. Like, what a gift to college baseball he's been. And you're right, that Dippin' Dots interview when Virginia was in that super, they had just won the Super Regional and they're going to Omaha. And, you know, Stephen obviously works with us now and it's just a, you know, superstar. It's, I'll never forget this last year, Brennan. Sonny Deshera was such a great story, you know, Sonny D from Auburn. And, um, we interviewed him. I do a Sirius XM show with Mike Farron that focused on college baseball during the season. And we interviewed Sonny and he was great. Like he was fine, right? Like he was a good interview. He's a great kid. Um, but he was, you know, he was guarded and reserved. Um, and, but, but he, it was fine. It was a nice interview. And then I hear Steven shock interview Sonny D in Omaha. And it was like, you know, I don't even know what it was like. It was like Barstool, right? It was like totally guard down, like, you know, huge personality. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's the gift Steven has is to your point, Brendan, like he really attracts people to our game because he's so, he's so unique and so fun and so refreshing. Um, he's awesome. And, you know, I, I'm with you, like the NCA passed some rules this year to make celebrations a little bit more muted. And I understand what they're doing. You know, like they're very worried about taunting and things getting out of control, but I'm, I'm, I get that, but I don't like these changes at all. Like, I think we need to, the more person, we, we can't have taunting, right? Like we can't have people thrown at each other and crossing the line. But, it, but if, you know, I don't think muting celebrations is the way to change that. And I do, I, yeah, I'm with you. Like the more personality we let these players show without them being disrespectful to their opponents, I think that's the answer. And, and it, it helps the great, the game grow for sure. Yeah, and I think there's a very fine line between cheering for your own teammates and cheering against the other team. And I think that's – I understand that that's what they're trying to, you know, find. But the stuff like Virginia Tech's, you know, post-home run celebration and stuff like that, it's only going to bring more fans and more people that really just want to understand that these guys love – the guys that they play with, you know, just obviously we can both, you know, attest to the fact that your college baseball teammates are going to, are some of your best friends, even beyond college as well. And just showing that passion, I think is what will help continue to get the game to grow. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. That's why, why again, like Tennessee style last year was a little WWE and it was not for everyone, but I'll tell you, it was, you know, I, I loved it. Um, I'm with you. Like you can't, we, we just have to we have to find that that we have to thread that needle by, b between showing a ton, a ton of personality, being able to celebrate each other's accomplishments without being disrespectful to our teammate or you know, to our opponents. And I think that's doable. I don't think that's like we're not you know, we're, it, it's not brain surgery, but um, I, I get it. It's a fine line, especially when emotions get going. And, and I'm with you. The the all those those fun things that that happen in college baseball are things that should be celebrated. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that having, I don't know if I'm going to call Tennessee a villain, but they're probably as close to a villain as you can get. Just a team with as much talent, as good of a regular season, basically, as you can have. And there were certainly people that tuned in just to watch them lose. Like, that's just reality. Oh, no question. I mean, the fur coat and the daddy hat and the, the whole thing. I mean, I for the selection show, we did that gag. I put on a um, they asked us to pick our national champion. I picked Tennessee and put the fur coat on that they had in the studio. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. People, uh, Tennessee was kind of like the analogy I was making is th- this is before your time, Brennan, but the 1980s Miami Hurricanes football teams where, you know, it was must see TV, you know, like, first of all, they were great. And and, and these tenants, that, that, that's the thing that gets lost too. like these tennis, this Tennessee baseball program right now is really humming. You know, I, I get that the style is not for everybody, but, you know, if you love good baseball, these kids can really, really play. I mean, the, you're talking about a team that in their rotation this year probably has three first-round picks. I mean, that's, un, you know, we, we haven't seen that since the Rice teams in the early 2000s. So that's how good these kids are. Um, but I, I'm with you. Like, they, they've been really good for the enterprise of college baseball. Absolutely. And for those in the audience that do not know, Mike hosts a broadcast called Squeeze Play on ESPN during college baseball playoffs. The best I can compare it to would be NFL Red Zone because you guys are taking people all around the country, uh, except instead of eight games, there's 32 going on. You know, many people would be overwhelmed, but you seem to be having the time of your life when you're out there. Yeah, it it is. It's um, I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it's like grabbing your best friends. There, so, there, so when I was your age, Brennan, and I was still living in the Philadelphia area, there was a bar out near us called Gators that we would go to on Sundays and watch the football games and watch our fantasy football teams break our hearts. And so that's what squeeze play reminds me of is like you're in a bar, you've got a million screens, there's no drinking, um, but you know, you're, you're just watching those games. And, and so again, if you love college baseball, like I clearly do. The postseason is so compelling. You know, it's like so many of these teams have been working for years to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, You know, this is the part of the season that is most remembered. Um, It's, you know, as we discussed a few minutes ago, it's one of my fondest experiences. So it is it's it's really wild because you don't know how it's going to end. You know, it's it's like uh, watching a movie and it could it could end in heartbreak. It can end in triumph or both. And so it is it's my favorite weekend of the year. Um, you know, there, there's not enough caffeine in the state of Connecticut for, for all of us, but it's awesome. It's so awesome. And, and, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's been great. The ratings have been phenomenal. I think it's been, you know, um, our, our coordinating producer, Phil Orleans, who's in charge of MLB and college baseball at ESPN, you know, squeeze play is something that he's poured a lot of time and energy into. And, um, it, you know, it's something I'm really proud of. It's, it's, I think it's super fun. And, and again, one of my favorite weekends. Yeah, and, and you spent time, you know, so you spent time as a coach both in high school and college. When did you realize that you wanted to make that transition from coaching into broadcasting? You know, I never really, I guess I, I, I never wanted to leave coaching. You know, like I, I never, I, it's funny, you know, my, my coach, Pat Murphy, was, you know, just kind of like one of those lightning rod guys, like just what my wife, Jenny and I, we owe so much to Pat Murphy, you know, like he's one of those old school coaches that when you're working for him or playing for him, he's very demanding. He's going to really challenge you. Um, He's going to get the best out of you. But then when you're gone, he's the first person to step in line. And like, if you need something or, you know, Murph's the type of guy where he's not going to ask if he can help, he's going to be mad if you don't let him help. 
And so very old school in that regard. And and I owe all this broadcasting stuff to Murph. The, the, the way it started, Brendan, was in 2004. I'm I'm the infield coach and the third base coach for Arizona State. And, and Murph basically told me that I'm going to host his weekly radio show. The long story short is Tim Healy, who is, you know, a Hall of Famer, and he's the voice of the Sun Devils, one of the best people you'll meet. But Heels does every football game and their weekly show, every basketball game and their weekly show. And then he's going to do 50 plus baseball games in the spring. So by the time we get there, Heels is toast. And so Murph was like, hey, we don't need Heels to do because Murph kind of hated the show anyway. He's like, we don't need heels to do the show. You're going to host it. And, and that's what we're going to do. And I'm like, what? I'm like the third base coach. What are you talking about? Host the radio show. He's like, well, you're a Philly guy and you listen to all this sports talk radio all the time. Just do it like that. And we'll figure it out. And so, you know, we did it. It was a blast. It was, you know, we had some real characters on that team. That was Dustin Madroya's junior year. And so we had kids with a lot of personality that we would bring on as guests. And so that's where it started. And, you know, Next thing you know, Fox Sports Arizona is doing a TV game and uh, Arizona versus Arizona State and Murph talks them into having me be the analyst. And then, you know, I'm trying to get in with ESPN and Murph's helping me there. And so it's been this long road, but a a lot of it traces back to just the dumb luck of having Pat Murphy be my college coach. That is funny. I I would not have guessed uh, being chosen would have been the way that you got into that. But was your first stop after coaching straight to doing like the ESPN and uh, the D1 baseball stuff? No. So, so basically what happened is in 2004, I left coaching. I took a year off just to, you know, I, I'd gotten married and I was just starting to wonder, okay, is this, you know, you know, this is maybe too much information, but my wife has MS. And so we were starting to wonder like, Hey, is the coaching lifestyle going to be the best thing for her health condition? And, you know, like, I'm sitting here with this Notre Dame accounting degree, and I'm thinking, I love coaching, but is this really? By the way, Brennan, this is way before the salaries that expanded, right? Like this is like you were you weren't getting rich coaching college baseball at that point in time. And so we took a year off, and that's when the broadcasting started to happen. And then I was a junior college coach for three years, which was a wonderful experience. But you're you're, you're part time, like I was part time at Phoenix College. I was having to earn outside income, and so um, that's kind of. That's kind of how it happened is just I start I, I started to realize that, hey, the more I did the broadcasting, the more I felt like, man, th- th- I think this is actually my calling, not coaching, even though for the first 16 years of my career, I thought like, hey, being a division one head coach is what I was called to do. Um, and then, you know, it, it's it builds really slowly, like, hey, I, I did my first game for Fox Sports Arizona in 2005. And then I just started sending tapes to ESPN. I mean, it took me a good three years to get ESPN to give me a chance. And, um, you know, their their coordinating producer, Meg Aronowitz, who's in charge of softball, and she is, talk about rock stars at ESPN. She's the one that first gave me a chance to do a game in 2009. And then even then, it was a very slow build. Um, and you know, D one baseball didn't even exist until 2015. And I'd gone to work part-time for perfect game then doing some writing. So it's, it's kind of been this very small, or like this slow build, this hodgepodge, but I would say right around 2013 is when ESPN really started to get much more interested in college baseball. And as their interest has grown, you know, opportunities for someone like me have grown also. 
Yeah, and it, and it seems like you've done a good job at kind of getting well-versed, whether it's, it's calling games, whether it's doing talk shows, writing. And I think that having that ability is definitely something that will, will draw in people and, and help you stay in this field, right? Well, yeah, and I think selfishly for me, like, I mean, I guess if I'm being really honest with myself, Brennan, like, college baseball is my hobby. Like I love college baseball. Like I, you know, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is check my college baseball Twitter list, right? Last thing I do before I go to bed is check my college baseball Twitter list. Like this is what I love. And so like when people are are giving me opportunities to do something in college baseball, it's really hard for me to say no, uh, because I love it so much. But the other thing, you know, I, I do love, you know, the writing, the radio, the podcast, the other thing it does is it just gets you ready for the games you get to do, you know? So it's, it's almost like, um, you know, someone forcing you to prepare for your game. So, you know, I, I definitely, my favorite thing to do is talk about college baseball. Writing is not as natural for me, but I think it's an awesome exercise and I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Um, but, but again, at the end of the day, it just, it's, these are all things that keep me involved in the game and I'm, I'm grateful for that for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm in you know an interesting boat because I'm you know I'm a, a second semester you know senior in, in college and and anything that I can do to be around baseball is what I love to do and it's at the point now where it's like you know do I like talking about it do I like announcing do I like you know writing do I and at this point I kind of try and do everything because for the Delco baseball page it's it's a one man show I'm the only person I don't have enough money to hire people and I don't want to you know I I feel bad about you know, having like quote unquote interns that I don't pay just cause that, that feels wrong to me. So at this point, it's pretty much just about what can I do to provide the best content in ways that I think people will, you know, will enjoy. Yeah. And I think you'll be, I think you'll be glad. Maybe you already are. It sounds like you are that you've done all these things because you just, you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from. It might be from someone reading something you wrote. It might be from someone hearing something that you taped or whatever. I think, I think that's the only way to attack it. You know, coaching is not that different, right? Like if you want to um, get into coaching or advance in coaching, like for me, I was the volunteer coach at Arizona state for 18 months and that's really tricky, but I wouldn't change it for the world now, you know, like it, it, it changed my career um, even though you're not getting a paycheck. So I, I think you're smart to do that. And, um, you know, and I think Delco is in, it, you know, Delco's always been a good baseball region, but I feel like it's more well-known now than it was 20, 25 years ago. And it's so funny, like, you know, Kevin McGonigal obviously has become very famous this year and he's projected as a first round pick and he's a Bonner kid. Um, it, it, by the way, what's the, l- l- the lingo now? Are we are we still saying Bonner kid or am I supposed to say Bonner Prendy kid? I think at this point it's just Bonner and then Prendy's just for the, you know, for for girls athletes. That's cuz I think it's the you have the the Monsignor Bonner Friars and the Prendy Pandas. I think that's how they call the two sports teams. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, you know, and and I didn't even realize Nate Furman was a Bonner kid and he went to Charlotte and was a fourth round pick and I I'm so I'm so mad at myself that I I whiffed on Nate Furman's career. I I would have been all over that. So, you know, you know, long story short is I I think what you're doing is all the right things and and uh, you know, I, of course I'm biased, but I think Delco baseball is fascinating. Yeah, and I was actually just hitting with Nate the other day. He goes to uh he pops in at I've been hitting it on deck in in Newtown Square. And he is also a Delco Baseball Now podcast alum. I had him when he was in the Cape Cod League this summer. 
And just to see, I, I think, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure he had either the second or third best contact percentage in the entire country. And just watching him hit, like, it's it's not a surprise. Like, dude hits anything that he can, you know, that's anywhere near the zone. Yeah, he hit like 370 last year at Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, and you're talking about Kevin McGonigal. I have not met him yet. Definitely want to have him on, but him, you know, take Davis. Uh, I don't know if you know Alden Mathis. He went to Marple. He plays for Richmond, but he got drafted this summer going back to Richmond, and he just said he's going to go to Georgia next year too. So definitely definitely starting to, uh, you know, to represent the brand well, and uh, and I hope to be able to, to keep up with them as long as I can. I, I love this area. Just trying to do as, whatever I can to, to cover this area and, you know, because there's a dedicated fan base just as much as there's dedicated players. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. All right, last question I want to ask you with here. Uh, I guess this one, this one can be pretty broad, but what do you think the future of college baseball entails? Like, where do you see this sport going? Yeah, I think it's just going to continue to grow. It's, um, you know, I, I, it's hard to make co- predictions about college sports right now because there's just so much, you know, so much is in flux. But I would tell you that, uh, you know, the TV coverage continues to increase. The Every, every metric in college baseball is increasing. Ratings are increasing. Attendance is increasing. You know, the the investments increasing. I think the other thing that that is helping our sport is Major League Baseball has taken a real interest in college baseball. And, you you know, for the longest time, Major League Baseball and college baseball had really an adversarial relationship. And at the core of it was, hey, the best high school players, Major League Baseball and college baseball have really we've fought over those players. And I think what's happened is the owners and, and Rob Manfred, who I know Rob Manfred gets a lot of criticism, but I think, and, and I'm biased, but I think his, the way they've looked at college baseball is, Hey, here we have this growing feeder system for professional baseball with incredible coaches, incredible facilities, so many amenities for these players. Why would we fight with them over players? Now, Okay, the top 50 high school players in the country, sure, you know, the Mike Trouts of the world, go ahead, sign those guys. They're probably going to fast track in the minor leagues anyway. But everybody else, why would we take an 18th round kid and throw him in the minor leagues for two and a half years and then release him when he could go play college baseball, have a much better experience? And so, again, I'm not here to say that college baseball is for every player. I mean, I do kind of believe that but I get it like I'm not I don't want to say that Mike Trout should have gone to East Carolina or college whatever I I I do believe in that route but the long story short is I think Major League Baseball has looked at us like the minor leagues are too big why are we pumping all this money into minor leagues when so few players make it to the big leagues um, when we can we can be more partnered with college baseball so the answer that your question Brendan was about the future of college baseball, I think as, as major league baseball starts to continues to defer to college baseball more and more, plus, you know, all the momentum the sport has built in and of itself. um, Hey, I, I, I'm very, very optimistic about the future of college baseball. Yeah. And I think major league baseball has to be excited about the fact that, you know, you know, a lot of the guys that are coming into the league now, like guys like Ivan Melendez and Tim Elko, guys that were stars in college, that are you know a little bit on the older side but like they will be someone that the casual college baseball fan will know once they get to the big leagues and that can help draw in people that you know are more college baseball as opposed to MLB yeah and I I think one of the really cool things about college baseball I mean the SEC 
there's nothing like SEC baseball. Like, like if you're a baseball fan, like I would encourage you to, to find a way to digest some of the SEC baseball. I mean, just everything about it, their regular season, their tournament, um, you know, the, the, the fanfare, the stadiums, the venues, et cetera. But that said, the SEC can't have every good player. And that's one of the cool things about baseball, as you know, Brendan, is, hey, development happens in unique ways and unique places. And I think about the two MVPs this year. Paul Goldschmidt went to Texas State. Aaron Judge went to Fresno State. I mean, think about Chris Bryant went to University of San Diego. So, you know, Eastern Illinois had a first round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, Sam Houston State had a first round pick. Boston College has had a bunch of first round picks. So, yeah, that's the other cool thing about college baseball is it's it's not as top heavy as like a college football, for instance. Yeah, and and especially I was thinking about this during the tournament. There is no way in in March Madness will a 16 seed ever win the tournament. It's just not going to happen. But you have a team like Ole Miss that's the last team in the field, and they're and they're standing with the trophy at the end of the day. Yeah, it just yeah the Ole Miss story, and, and remember that happened in 2007 too, where Oregon State was just like what you're saying about Ole Miss. They're basically team number 64 and they win the whole thing. So yeah, it's our, I would like to see us expand our NCAA tournament and do some unique stuff there. But that said, our tournament is a really fun product. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I always, always like the fact that teams get to host the regionals for, you know, for earning it. And and for club baseball, the regionals are just at like a, a neutral site, which, you know, it is what it is like traveling, especially when you play club where you're not going all across the country a lot, you know, going to a venue is cool and it, it might be tough. But uh, I guess I also wanted to ask a little bit about Omaha because that's somewhere I've never been before. And I feel like it's awesome just having that destination every year that that's like the one word you think of in spring training. That's that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. I So Omaha is is so cool, right? Like think about it's almost like European with the World Cup, like the city of Omaha basically shuts down for two weeks to host this event. Like you just you feel like you're somewhere special. It's like part state fair part. Speaking of Delco, what's that St. Dennis thing? Uh, St. Dennis has like a big festival or uh, um, the parish in anyway in Havertown but it's you know it's like part state fair part like it reminds me of a Notre Dame football game with all the tailgating it's kind of like going to a Cubs game and sitting in the outfield um, you, you really almost don't even need a rental car if you're staying in 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 that that old town part of um, you know that that part of, of Omaha where the stadium is so it, it's the old market it's it's so cool but um, you know and, and then you've got eight teams that you know, we'll never forget this experience and they get treated like big leaguers. You know, it's, yeah, I I say to everybody like Omaha could be a great guys trip. It's an incredible family trip. Like you see dads with their sons and moms and daughters and, you know, it's just walking the concourse. It's a gorgeous stadium. Um, It's very Americana. I probably is probably the best way to say it. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that sometime in the near distant future, you know, I, I was not doing any of this stuff yet when Chris Newell and, and Virginia made it. I would love to have a Delco player make it and be able to go down there, you know, do some interviews, do some articles, stuff like that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully someone will be able to make that happen. I'm optimistic. Talent's getting better and better. No doubt. Yeah. Those, one of them. Yeah. There'll they'll be, there'll be another Chris Newell. I'm confident of that. Yeah. There's actually, um, I believe his name is Jonathan Holt. He either goes to Malvern or Episcopal. He's committed to Notre Dame. Uh, so we'll get some more, we'll get some more Delco on there too as well. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Kevin McGonigal slips in the draft a little bit and ends up at Auburn, and then there you go. Unlikely, Absolutely. but dare to dream. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I guess that is all the time. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long here, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, and I'll be counting down the days until squeeze play. Uh, me too. Hey, and Brendan, uh, keep up the good work, man. This is great stuff that you're doing, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Take care. Thank you once again to Mike Rooney of ESPN and D1 Baseball for joining the program today. Really great as you know a growing college baseball fan to get to talk to one of the the best personalities that the game has to offer. And of course, you know, just like I I would imagine almost every guest that has been and will be on the show is a Delco guy, and that's really you know what this is all about here. So uh, you know, really great to continue putting Delco on the map uh, and then in the biggest stage, really. All right, well, that is all the time we have for this episode here. This is just the start of what I hope will be an unbelievable 2023 season. I plan on doing a lot of interviews with players, coaches, anybody else, you know, media members, uh, you know, trainers, really any angle that I can think of that the Delco baseball community would like to enjoy. If you can think of anybody that you would like to see interviewed, you can follow me on Twitter at Delco Baseball as well as Instagram. Got a Facebook page. You can find the show. Uh, well, I guess if you're listening, you probably already know how to find it, but it's on SoundCloud, Spotify, finally on Apple. They gave me a fit trying to get that on there. I was getting pretty mad, but eventually got it on there. Also on our website, DelcoBaseballNow.com. But with that being said, that is an end to episode 14, and we will see you next time.